Three, two, one. Home games, away games, games on the moon, it don't matter. We got to win all of them. Liftoff. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for The eagle has landed. Julian, my man. Kyle Racky. We're zooming. I know we are. We're in it. Uh, how have you been? I, I mean, I, I talk to you quite frequently, but we haven't had you um, on a Zoom or a podcast yet. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I've been good, you know, uh, just kind of, I mean, I don't know. I was talking about this with one of my friends yesterday. It's like nobody is like great, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's this, you know, constant kind of stress and pressure that comes with the coronavirus but honestly like all things considered i'm doing good i'm safe healthy my family's safe and healthy so like i'm just really grateful for that and you know handling it as well as i can yeah the most important thing obviously is, is the safety of everybody um the eighth most important thing is your quarantine stash which yeah looks fantastic it's okay <laughs> we'll see what happens i think it's something i never would have done if i like had to go outside a lot but you know, never really had facial hair, so I gave it a shot. See, I tried to grow up my beard. Um, as you can see, I, I stopped trying. Uh, where is it? <laughs> um, it just get like it gets kind of gross, and mm-hmm. onto my neck. Yeah, which it's not comfortable for me. I had a lot going on for a little while, and then I just recently shaved it off. But then I was about to shave the stash, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's see okay. if we can work this. <laughs> do it. Uh, Here we are, though. Uh, how many times have you put like jeans or anything that's not sweatpants or athletic shorts on? Um, well, I'm currently wearing athletic shorts, but mm-hmm. I will say Same. my jeans, I like my jeans a lot. So like my jeans are some of my more comfortable pants, I think. Wow. I, don't, I have like one pair of sweatpants. I have some Adidas joggers and then like outside of that, I pretty much wear jeans all the time. So I've like put jeans on a fair amount, but I haven't put like work pants or anything else on um and sometimes i just stay in my pajamas so but i found myself like getting dressed after work yeah that's it's weird like i'll like wake up and kind of like do my whole day and like be like oh i'm still in my pajamas and then at like 4 30 or 5 i'll be like all right let's shower go for a walk and come home and watch movies and play video games i did read an article i think it was from the la times and you probably saw this uh the guy was basically saying dress for your day still and he was oh, like calling up millennials. So Do you see that? I was <laughs> yeah. like, dude, I'm like, I hated who cares? That. Like, yeah, especially for like real. for him, it's like, you're a writer. I can't also, imagine like, that every time you've written something, you've been wearing a dress shirt. And just like in the context of like everything that people are dealing with, it's like really like that's the important yeah. message to get across right now. Like to roast like young people for like wanting to be physically comfortable while under intense mental stress. Like great. That's- Cool, it's man. like, you know what? Thanks. <laughs> you need to work. And when you work, we need you to be uncomfortable. Yeah, right. Um, exactly. We need your shirt yeah. to feel a little too tight after lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, we need your pants to itch. In a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ideally, uh, it's, it's all itchy. Yeah. It's all itchy. Everything's itchy. Um, more laundry for you. Uh, I mean, as you guys know, like we don't have a lot to talk about as far as basketball goes. Um, quick update. We, we had a media availability with Gerson Rosas and – Malik Beasley last week, and we still don't really know when the season's going to come back, if it will come back, what it looks like if it does. Do the yeah. playoffs just start? Do we play in Las Vegas? Do we play at Walt Disney World? When will the draft be? When's the combine? Um, how does that affect next season? What's, what about summer league? 
there's like a million questions and nobody really has the answers to, to any of them. And uh, we're, we're seeing across the U.S. some some economies start to open. And, um, and I think it was announced today that the NBA could actually reopen some of those practice facilities for players. And the, the teams pretty much just said no. Like, they're yeah, not no, ready yeah. for that, which is probably the right move. Um, seems, totally. seems, seems like the right move. It doesn't seem like we're anywhere close to um, being back to normal. And what, whatever normal event looks like, you know, when we, when we do come back, um, we'll see. I guess as far as uh, sports go, because sports is a big part of all of our lives. You have the Chicago Cubs thing, um, but behind you, I have this jersey of uh, Hall of Fame. Timberwolves writer. Um, You're actually the only one in it. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, But I mean, like, I don't think you realize how important sports is until it's not here. And it's like, yeah, it kind of stinks. It's not fun. And you understand why, like, it's not like you want to sacrifice people's health and safety because you want to watch a stupid baseball game (laughs) or basketball game. But also like, man, this is not really that fun. Um, as, As far like there's, really nothing going on especially as it starts to become summer you know mm-hmm. like it's like oh we'd be like heading into playoffs i would be going to baseball games i think uh like i don't know there's something about the summer that like really makes me miss sports mm-hmm. especially baseball tbh well, and like right now we'd be seeing base or uh playoff basketball games yeah and yep. you know and, and i think everybody was so excited for the playoffs and I, I tend to think that like silver still figures figures out a way to how you know get, yes, we get a postseason, but it's yeah. certainly not going to look like what we thought it was. I doubt that we'll have seven game series all, all the way through. Um, we'll see, man. Uh, but the one thing that we have been texting about, and this is what we want to talk about today, most mostly, is uh, the last dance. Yeah. So it, it came out early, which was very smart from ESPN. To, to put that out early since they had it ready. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was going to – people can correct me if I'm wrong. I thought it was going to launch in, like, June or July this summer. Uh-huh. And they were like, well, we have it ready. People have nothing to watch. Uh, and I think what I like most about it is the fact that everybody's watching at the same time for the most yeah. part. Like, there's no, like – It feels like sk- an event. Yeah, I'm not going to skip ahead to episode six or whatever. But we're, right. And, and, and it's weird because all these events have already happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, we know what's – Wikipedia what happens. Yeah. yeah. Like, we know what's going to happen. Like, we know what's going to happen to Scottie Pippen next year. We know what happens with Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. But it's also, like, one of those things where you learn so much. The, the last episode, especially maybe episodes three and four, what was your favorite part? Oh, man. Um, I'm just a big Scottie fan. So I kind of like all the stuff about him, like, kind of just, like, learning how he played was great. Um, my learning, favorite... how to, how, learning how uh, to deal with finances. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's too bad. But like, I really kind of was like, I am sympathetic to him. Like when he was talking about like, I can't have an injury, like, you know, derail my ability to provide for my family. And if you look at where he came from, that totally makes sense. So obviously got the raw end of the deal there, but I mean, it's like one of those things where you kind of understand it from both sides. And that's kind of how I feel about most of this show in general is like with most of the conflict that's presented, I do understand where both sides are coming from which I'm sure we'll get into more of the conflict. I think my favorite individual moment was Rodman describing how to rebound. I don't think I'm probably alone in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was great. I thought it was a really, really fun moment. Um, for those of you who are listening to this, Kyle just I did a very good imitation of Rodman 
explaining. It did. Rebounding. One of my better. I think well, that was my favorite moment, but uh, yeah, the whole thing has been really interesting. So the, the Scottie Pippen thing, it's pretty abnormal in basketball to get a contract like that. Mm-hmm. But in, like in baseball, we see it all the time where, mm-hmm. where teams will see like a 20 or 21 year old prospect. And it's like knowing that by the time they're 25, they might have to sign them to a 10 year, 300 million. So instead yeah. when they're 20 and maybe not as good as they're going to be, they try to get them for that like seven year, 30 million. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't for both sides. Yeah. But if you're a player and you see that 35 million, um, yeah, it, it is just kind of a shame because it's like, well, you became a top five player in the league and you're getting yeah. paid like the 100, I think it was 122nd. Uh, Who do you think Scottie Pippen's comp, not in the finances, but just like in play style is in the league right now? I'm kind of curious to hear what you have to say. Man, that's a good question. Um, what can I It's hard because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to undersell Pippen probably here, but – what if I said like a Kawhi Light? Yeah, I was gonna say Paul George. Yeah, like something like that. Like maybe like a better version of Paul George. Yeah, exactly. Because I, like Where Paul George people? has never been a top five player in the league. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's I don't tricky. think Pippen was maybe quite as good as Kawhi. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what I think. But, but yeah, somewhere but, but between. But to call him a Kawhi yeah. Light might be. That's yeah, not I, fair either. Yeah, because he was yeah. his own guy. I'm just curious because I I really don't think we have a player that fits that. No. You know, I've been trying to think because. I've been like spending a lot of time while I'm watching, just trying to think who kind of compares now. And there really isn't anything comparable to a lot of these players. Like there are players who like fill similar roles, but also just like, because they were such a dynasty and because they won so much, like it's really hard to draw any kind of comparisons. No, to it, it, you have now. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah. It's super hard. And that's like why I think this is like such an interesting like addendum to the goat conversation, you know, because I think this just like complicates things even further because now I think a lot of people who are my age and like maybe your age who didn't grow up watching, you know, I know you're very old, um, who like didn't grow up watching play. No, I'm kidding. Kind of tended to lean LeBron. And I wonder if this will kind of shift that conversation back towards Jordan. Because I know like my dad grew up my dad was like a big bulls fan during all of this time because he was like living grew up in and then living in the chicago area hence mm-hmm. the cubs flag behind me um and he's always been like no like jordan's the best jordan's the best and i was like i don't know man like lebron's pretty because like i've seen lebron play you know and i don't want to like derail this whole conversation into uh like who's the goat thing because i don't really think it, it's still impossible to tell because especially because lebron's career is not over but um it is going to be really interesting how this documentary plays into that conversation. Cause I think it'll definitely help earn Michael some fans. I'm like surprised that he said that people would like him less after seeing this. Yeah. I, like if anything, Cause I like him more. <laughs> I, I do too. Because I, I think for me, like I, I don't remember Jordan as much for like his time with the bulls. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm 30. Right. So right. when his last year with the bulls, I was eight years old. Like I, yeah. I don't, um, I don't remember a lot, but I do remember him going back with the Wizards or, or uh, coming back into the league with the Wizards. And I remember like he was still good. He still averaged twenty points a game, but obviously he was a shell of what he what he was before. Right. But then I remember him for like the Kwame Brown draft and, and kind of what he did as a the Charlotte's uh, Hornets owner, where um, things didn't go particularly great. So like, yeah. and then, and then when you see him on TV or whatever, it just doesn't seem like he has much of a personality, and because 
you know, I, I didn't see the Jordan that I'm seeing now. And I've right. seen him in documentaries, but like, I didn't see the Jordan with a drink halfway gone. And he's just real talk about, yeah, right. you know, like, like in, in Sunday night's episode, it was like the, the Isaiah Thomas thing. Yeah, was that perfect. was awesome. That was maybe my second favorite moment. Yeah. Where he just like, he's like, this is what Isaiah Thomas said. And he just yeah. goes, I don't give a bleep what care. he said. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I know the truth. Yeah. Um, the, the shaking hands part was funny. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if funny is the right word, but. It was and Jordan giving a walk-off interview after a game seven loss. Weird. Like Dude, everything, weird, but awesome. <laughs> let's talk about that. Uh, like the, 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 the media and like the differences between now and then um, it seems like then you could say literally whatever you wanted. And it was like, okay. Like, like, like the Scotty Pippen and Jerry Krause thing. Um, where, yeah. where they, they were so open in the media. Uh, well, it's, like, I think it's like because not everything, every tiny thing became a story. Like I think like that went to like Twitter reporters, probably, right? exactly. Like reporters yeah. at that time were like developing context for like bigger stories. I mean, there was obviously still like misinformation put out there, but it's not like every single thing became a soundbite. And so I think that kind of allowed people to be more open. I could be wrong, but that's no. Kind of I, I, I think you're right, but it was just like fascinating to see these interviews where you're like, what like, did they just say that out loud? Yeah, and like the the Jerry Krause thing with with Phil Jackson, where he's like, yeah. even if he goes eighty two and zero, um, or he said it to his face, but he's like, yeah. it's not personal. But if he goes eighty two and zero and we win the championship, uh, he, it's his last year, and it's like, well, that sounds like the definition of personal. Uh, yeah. if he has the best year ever, uh, mm-hmm. like that 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 was just crazy to me. And uh, over like, and, and then like in, in Sunday night's episode with Dennis Rodman just drinking Miller Light. Yeah, like, like walking in the practice facility. It felt like yeah. we need to talk yeah. more about that. Like, Dennis I mean, Rodman is the biggest Miller Lite fan there is. I've enjoyed a Miller Lite myself. I've drank a Miller Lite. I don't know if I've enjoyed it. Right. I have some in my fridge right now. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, that was really funny. That was a funny image. It's just like in all this, it's just all this 90s stuff, too. You know, like the jackets and Dennis Rodman on his motorcycle. Like, all of this stuff just feels so, like, of a different time. And that's why I think, I really think the footage is the best part to me of this. Like, I know the story somewhat, you know? I, I didn't grow up watching it, but I've read the Wikipedia pages, you know? And, like, yeah. I've heard about a lot of this stuff. But just, like, seeing the footage and hearing the media scrums and the behind the scenes, like, to me, that is really what makes this good. Yeah, and it's fun seeing like guys like Steve Kerr and guys like Phil Jackson, uh, like that have later had like an NBA life. Yeah, where like a lot of people, like, like I imagine like younger people that are big Warriors fans, like they never saw Steve Kerr mm-hmm. um, like that. And like obviously, I, I think just um, our memory tells us that Phil Jackson was a f- complete failure with his time with the Knicks. Um, you know, with with the president of basketball right. operations, but like we forget that he was probably the greatest basketball coach of all time. Yeah, and totally. We ne- like I, I knew Doug Collins coached MJ, but I had no idea how that went down. Yeah. It seemed like they had a really good thing going, and then he just kind of got screwed. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I, I felt kind of bad for him because it didn't seem like he was a bad coach. No. Um, but I think, you know, I, Jerry Cross is getting a lot of hate throughout you're, a lot of this. You're, you're, you might be the biggest Jerry Cross fan there is. That is impressive because I'm not like a massive Jerry Krause. But here's the thing. He was right about all of this stuff. Like drafting Michael, drafting Pippen, 
trading for Rod, like the Rodman, like the like trading Oakley, like these were all great moves. Making you know, Phil like, the, the coach. Making Phil the coach, like uh, was like these to me all felt like decisions that were hard and like may have gotten him flack and obviously did get him flack, but also like put the team in a position to succeed. So I just I kind of wonder if like the if history is being a little unfair to him, just because I think that like I mean Doug Collins was a good coach, but you know, they were right about not just being able to pound the ball to Michael every possession. To, and like you saw that when once they started using the triangle offense and once Michael bought in, it like really pushed their ceiling. And so to me, it, it really seems like Jerry Krause was somebody who was really, really focused on like making the best team possible and like really didn't care who, who he got mad in the process, which, you know, is in some ways like not all of the job as a GM. Like part of the job of the GM is to like get a team that, will like work together but the team did work together and the only person they really seemed to have a problem with was him and you know if if it's like the if you're the enemy but your team that you put together is winning championships okay i don't know man like i think that like he did his job about as well as you could have asked like at least until the end i don't really know what like i don't know all the details with him and phil like i'm kind of learning about that as we're going through the documentary and we haven't really gotten there yet i feel like um, but I mean, he made Phil Jackson, the coach, he told him to do the triangle offense. He drafted those guys. He like saw the deficiencies in the way the roster was constructed, like finding Michael and Scotty in the draft is pretty epic. I don't know. Like I, I have a lot of respect. Uh, I, I tend to agree. I, I think that there, there is like, there was a little bit of like, look what I did. I put this team together. I need mm-hmm. more, more credit. Yeah. Uh, like there was certainly that, um, but but again, like he does deserve credit because when you put all those guys together, it's similar what happens in Golden State, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where it's like, yes, you have all these players, but like you drafted them and you put the team together. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know Jerry Cross can't like we we don't get to hear from him, um, right? So that makes it difficult too. It's like when everybody yeah. can kind of gang up on him, um, and they were all the people that he made made mad. I will say, I found it interesting that. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, they told him all of the people that he talked to told him not to hire Jerry Krause. <laughs> and, he, mm-hmm. and he just hired Jerry Krause. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to, like, the, if you're, to make, like, a really, really good, like, championship dynasty level team, you have to take risks. No. You know, and that doesn't mean that every risk is good. Like, it, it, that could have gone horribly. You know, like, there's, there's another world where you, like, see – this dynasty just totally not happening. Like if you miss, like if Michael Jordan turns out to not be that good, like then obviously the whole thing's off, but like then Pippin isn't as good. Like it's just like, obviously that sounds kind of stupid. Cause like, obviously if MJ wasn't MJ, then like the Bulls wouldn't have been as good, but it's just kind of an illustration of how if you miscalculate one little thing, then your whole plan can fall apart. And I think that like, if you think about it like that, you have to take some of these risks. Like playing it really safe is never going to get you to the top, especially if you think about the stars that were in that league and how good the Pistons were and like all these things that were against them. Like they were never going to win by playing it safe. So I, it's, it's pretty impressive to me that all these people were willing to take these gambles. No, I agree. I think people do think that like, okay, the, the, the Bulls won six championships in, in that era and like it was so easy. And it's like, you know, after like, and maybe I thought that too, I guess, I don't know. But like after watching a team like the Warriors uh, kind of go through their little dynasty run, you realize that like not all the 
games are easy and like you know if this happens instead of this like you think back to that finals it's like if J.R. Smith doesn't do that thing for Cleveland yeah how does that series change and like every series and every decision you make is just so delicate and so fragile that um Mm -hmm. you never really know I I did find it interesting that like so Dennis Rodman and there's been some debate about this uh I I think uh Simmons and Ursula did their podcast and I didn't even I didn't (laughs) listen to it but 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 I read on Twitter that (laughs) Like the take was that Dennis Rodman isn't as interesting. That's as, like the worst take ever. It, it's a, I'm sorry. It, like, and we're not going like to get into that. The one thing that you can everyone should be able to agree on. Yeah, like, yeah, I won't go down that road. Th- I agree. This guy took. He needed a vacation in the middle of the season and went to Las Vegas, and he was supposed to be gone for 48 hours, and he was gone for like four days. Yeah. And Michael Jordan had to come into his room to get him, yeah. while Carmen Electra was in the room. If that is not interesting, um. I even would watch you, a five-hour documentary yeah. just on that. Even if you don't think any of the off-court stuff is interesting, the on-the-court Dennis Rodman yeah. is interesting. You know, it's like, I understand that people have problems with Dennis Rodman. I do not, however, think he is uninteresting. No, I, I, I agree. I didn't know the, um, like, the hair thing. Like, I, I didn't know why he dyed his hair, and it doesn't really matter, I guess. But, uh, but then when you hear the story about how, uh, you know, he was pretty low- and mm-hmm. down and um like he you know almost committed suicide and then basically he was like i just got to live and be me and i think like madonna helped him out with that yeah that's and, that, and that's how he got his confidence and, like you know what like who cares like yeah, how he gets his awesome. confidence yeah, like right like if, if the alternative is what you know him being in a very low place and down mm-hmm. like yeah do whatever you want man um, right and so, i think credit to his teammates for like seeing that you know and yeah. kind of like recognizing that he needed to be himself in order to be the best he could be for the team. And that's where it's cool to see MJ because MJ, like throughout the, I guess throughout the documentary, he kind of talks about how his relationship evolved with him and Mm -hmm. how he understood, he started to get Dennis more. Yeah. And basically like right away when it was just MJ and Dennis, when when Scotty was sitting out and it was like, okay, it's us two against the world. And then Scotty comes back and people forget about Scotty and you could tell like that probably, I don't know, like hurt his feelings. I don't, I don't know if that's the, the right way to phrase it, but he felt left out and then he needed a little break to get engaged again. Yeah. That's cool. The, the shot of him in the weight room with the cup of Gatorade. Uh, do you remember that after he gets back from there? What does he say? Kamikaze? Something like that. Yeah. Like, I sympathize. Like, <laughs> I feel like, man. And then I think he was wearing a Miller Lite shirt in one of those too. So. Yeah. He's the like big, in pajamas at practice. Yeah. The big winner of the, the episode was Miller Lite. Just for real. Free advertising. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have in the sheets to talk about? Uh, the Rodman. Okay. Let's go to the checklist. Uh, Doug Collins kind of gets screwed. A little bit. Dennis Rodman drinking Miller Lights. Hello, well. Um, what has been like, you talked about uh, Pippin and, and, and Rodman. Has there any, been any other like big surprise from the doc that maybe like in, I don't know, like you look back and be like, I had no idea. Um, for me, I'll say this for me, it's, I knew the Pistons were physical and I've watched up, but I didn't know that it was like, I mean, that's like, they're like when Michael Jordan gets in the air, hit him. Yeah. And it's like, that's how people get like, that's how people tear their ACL. Yeah. That was wild to me. Um, who's the guy who was hitting all the shots? Uh, Paxson. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't really know anything about him. 
Yeah. And, and, um, and he's been a good like, interview too. He's been like yeah. a good narr- kind of narrator throughout that. So I've been impressed by him. It's always fun to hear from Steve Kerr. Um, I was really glad that Horace Grant got a little shine. This episode, yeah. I think he was a really good interview. I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like, I love hearing from Jordan and I love hearing about, but I almost like, like hearing other people talk about him more. Cause it's really interesting to just see how all these people perceived him and like to kind of hear the depth in their relationships and how they really like had these really interesting and varied relationships with this person who like really gave was kind of one note outwardly, but definitely still cultivated an individual relationship with all these other people. Um, and how everyone said how they were so surprised to see his emotions after he won the, yeah. the finals. Like I, I think that stuff is really the relationship stuff between the players is the interesting part to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, we talk about this all the time. That's like the most important thing in basketball. I mean, obviously yeah. you, you and your players, but um, like those relationships. Julian. I think, I think a lot of people are going to kind of understand like championship culture more. Yeah. After watching this. Like, cause I think that's a term that gets really tossed around a lot in the media. Um, but I think that like after this documentary is like popular, like is popular and everybody watches it, people are going to kind of understand more what we're talking about when we mean like, yeah accountability championship culture like stuff like buzzwords are kind of being given like a practical example that people can latch on to yeah then you need the right guys and um uh cool well i don't have like the high profile zoom account so we're probably gonna get kicked off soon oh no um pass extra money man um yeah that's true what do you want uh but i a a request from a fan ben simmons three-point watch is still at two a a fan is the fan you trying to own me (laughs) the fan is me trying to own you ben simmons so we haven't played a game yet uh, yeah since so well he said that he uh felt comfortable thinking about taking them well i mean i feel comfortable about thinking about a lot of things um i don't do them but uh appreciate it man take care stay safe um you too yeah drink that drink that miller light Ice tea for now. Go ice tea. All right. Later, man. See ya.